Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're going to call this the Champions edition of the Copcast podcast um, for reasons which we will soon disclose to you. Um, and to discuss matters on the Champions edition of the Copcast podcast, I have Neil Patterson of Berlin, Chief. Are you well, my friend? Oh, my man, I'm, yeah, better than, I've, better than I've ever been, to be fair. Um, yeah, floating on cloud nine, so looking forward to chatting about this, and uh, I'm sure everyone's sort of feeling the same, to be honest. Yeah, I would say so. We do apologise for not having something out earlier to use, but a few people just took their celebrations a little bit too far. Um, <laughs> All right, about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely fine, and there is no better excuse. Um and um, in order to join in these most fantastic moments with us, we have, um, well, what should we call it? A cameo appearance. Um, <laughs> you always from, say that. He's <laughs> the, the, the Dev Ocarigi of the Copcast podcast. <laughs> he's just, dro- just dropped in there for the big ones. <laughs> um, Johnny Anderson, Belfast. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, my man. I haven't been much better in a long time supporting the the Reds. So yeah, it's it's been quite a few days, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. However many days it feels like, it's sort of a bit like two at the minute. This morning was the start of the second day, sort of thing. Um. Where I realised that I had to kind of do stuff. Um. But it's. It's all just happened. It's happened without without us being on the pitch. But if we just reflect on on the Palace game, Johnny. Um, yeah. I think it feels like it feels like so long it, ago. Doesn't it does it? feel like it, it feels like forever ago, doesn't it? And we haven't kicked the ball since it. It was like it was about four four nights ago or something, you know, or <laughs> four or five nights ago. Um, so yeah, it was you know after the after the fairly dour um, Goodison Derby, as you know we talked about it, generally is just a pretty dour affair. Um, Palace rocked up and um, they won they won four in a row without conceding a goal. They were the form team in the Premier League. Um, they pushed themselves right out of any sort of relegation conversation over the last you know four fixtures, and they'd come out of the the lockdown in pretty good shape and. Jesus Christ, Johnny, we just we just walked out there. Um, we just walked out there and we just dismantled them with the minimum of fuss and the maximum of effort. Yeah, it was. It was a real. I think. I think from the moment we, because the Everton game was strange, wasn't it? You know, there was a lot of sort of there was a lot of disruption. The team didn't. You know, it wasn't the normal. The normal front three. It was. It was just a bit. It was a bit strange. We didn't have Robbo. We didn't have Salah. Taki was starting and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you seen the team and you thought, I don't know about you, but I just thought as soon as I saw the team for Palace, I thought, you know, no, he's not fucking about here. This is clearly Klopp saying, right, we need six more points at, at most if we're going to do this. So. Let's fucking get three of them tonight. And it was just that type of performance he put out. You know, we were, we were just talking there before he put out the signs of the Champions League final team, uh, bar uh, Gomez, obviously starting from Matip. And it was just, it was just chalk and cheese, wasn't it? It was night and day from the Everton game straight from the off. They were just, 
they were winning everything in midfield. There was movement. There was there was intent. There was energy. They they were very early on. They started creating chances. You know, one of the striking things about Everton was there was barely a, a shot on on target, and you know, in in that game, it, it just felt inevitable. You know, the goals were the the goals were going to come. So it was. Yeah, they they were right on it. They were right on it, and you know, from the moment, um, I think there was a, there was a, probably there was the team selection was one thing, and then I think, listen, I still think we would have won the game comfortably anyway. We were in that mood, but I think seeing uh, Zaha come off as well because he was the one player. I mean, Zaha, you know, he is very inconsistent, and there's a reason he's not playing for. You know, he's not playing in the Champions League and at that level, as he, he's not consistent. But but he is one of those players that you think, you know, if he goes up against Trent here and they go on the break, he's one of those players that he, he has that capability. He then ended up, you know, he wasn't right. Apparently, he'd done something pre-game. He came off, and I just think from the moment he went off. You know, their heads. Yeah, is, is there is there only real weapon really against yeah, the team exactly. like, against a team like us? Um, someone exactly. who could can can nick a goal out of nothing, can can exploit the space in behind, and you're right. Once once he went off, um, there was there was little to no threat really at all. No, there was nothing. I mean, they put on Max Meyer. He was essentially another you know midfielder type that just that zip was missing, and then Trent scores that absolute. <laughs> you know, it's an absolute peach, and from there that was it. You know, we were just. We were on it. We were creating chances, and it was really good to see the big man as well. I thought, um, I think he was probably our man of the match against Everton, actually, too. Fabinho. I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I just thought Fabinho was outstanding. You know, he was winning everything, but his balls, is you know, obviously scored a rocket, but the assist for Salah was it's a real classic Fabinho little little dinky. It's a bit of a party piece of his. Finding that ball to Salah, so that was yeah. Good. It was funny hearing Danny Murphy say he didn't think he had that pass in him, and it's like he played that exact pass against Man United like uh, uh, last season. Like, exactly, that, yeah. that, that yeah. exact pass. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even funny. if you watch the, and it's a different type of pass. It was a low pass, but if you watch the the goal Salah scored against Arsenal, where he he ran Louise, yeah, this is an Indian around the corner. Yeah, he just he, he he has a really good understanding with that with that type of pass. Um, and you know, he as you say, Manny. No, it's in his locker. It's in his locker, and just good to have him back. The breaks obviously done him the world of good. But no, it was listen, it was brilliant. It was dominant. It was it was what we wanted because the Everton game was just a bit of a damn squib, and it was just great to see us back in the groove and calming any nerves. I don't know why anybody had any nerves, but. You know how people are after 30 years, they get a bit jittery. So <laughs> um, it, it was really good. Yeah, really, really top class performance and um, left me with plenty of, of egg on my face after me um, voicing my concerns about Fabinho's form. I didn't think he was particularly good against against Everton, Johnny. Um, but, uh, you know, he... he he really did go up levels and levels there the other night. Levels and levels. Um, he was everywhere. Yeah. He was combative. His passing was his passing was on point. I think apart from was it an early header or was that against Everton? Maybe a loose early header. I don't remember now. Um, but absolutely imperious in the middle of the park. And Chief, you know, Fabinho, excellent, excellent performance. 
Um, but there was there was standout performances all over the park. Johnny takes him um, as as possibly a man of the match, and it's a fair shout. But you know, it's it's really really difficult. To pick it. And we said this so many times this season. It's so difficult to to, to pick out a standout a standout performer. Yeah, I mean it was it was the consummate performance really to to silence <clears throat> any kind of detractors, anybody who was beginning to to go back to the myth that Liverpool might uh, might in somehow some way, despite the points total and so on, be 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 limping towards the title and, and Man City were in fact the you know, the better in inverted commas footballing team. Well it was a, a performance to to certainly silence any critics of, of that nature. And um, as you say, it was hard to pick out standard performers. Everybody played well. Um, you know, obviously try and get to mention because it's a very significant opening goal. It's a fabulous goal. Um, Fabinho, you've talked about, and I think he gets man of the match, um, certainly amongst a lot of the, of the podcasters I've, I've listened to. Um <clears throat> Then, of course, Mo Salah is class, Mane's class. You know, Bobby plays his part, has his moments as well. Uh, Verge is, is imperious. Allison has nothing to do, but anything he does have to do, well, he does it. It was a good pass to Robertson in the yeah. first half, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Robbo does that well. well. It was brilliant to have Robbo back. Um, you know, you lose so much when, when he's not, when he's not there, um, no matter who the replacement is. So, so it was a consummate performance, really. And you know what? What really struck me was we talked about the Everton game, and um, it was flat. It was a bit of a nothing game. But I think almost what you can see from from the Palace game is that uh, the, the 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 staff and the players have used it as a as as a as a purely as a as a training on a training basis or as a as a. As a way to get but nearly as a fit, as a fitness exercise, nearly well, as a max fitness exercise. In a way, but also to, to to see how it works. How does it work with the five subs? How does it work with the drinks breaks? What's what's the lay of the land here? How you know? Essentially, it's we're starting at year zero. Let's let's have one game to see how it all works, and then we'll do. It. Because what struck me was we scored. Apart from the third goal, every goal we scored was right on a drinks break just before. Instead of working, we've seen it through the season, us working, you know, half-time, full-time, you're just trying to score. Yeah, last 15 minutes of half, yeah. Yeah, what we've done not with this time is we've gone, all right, so you're bringing it up into four, right? Well, we'll score we'll score four now, two and a half. All right, there you go. And we've scored, I think we scored the tw- like the 22nd minute. I think we scored just before half-time. I think the third goal, I was joking with my mates, we scored 10 minutes early because I think we scored on... On 55, but then we also score again on 65. And the last one, we, well, we don't quite get one in the, in the last quarter of the game, but it seems to me like Jurgen and, and the, the staff have gone right. Well, you know, build up to those moments now because you can't build up your steam towards the half because, because that's where the break is. So you've got to be a little bit more intense. You've got to build up now in twenties. And it, it, it seemed to, to show, I mean, yeah, Palace are demoralised by losing Zaha because he really is their only not not only is their shining light, but he's their talisman. And you know the stats without him in the side, their stats without him in the side over the past few seasons are absolutely abysmal. Um, but at the same time, we put them to the sword, and it was a it was a very well polished 
very professional, very good performance. And yeah, a performance befitting the champions, and that's what we now are. Yeah, that, yes, we are indeed. Um, Johnny, it's it's interesting watching. I thought Mane's performance. Um, Salah is Salah, and Salah did so well what Salah does. But Mane, I don't know whether you thought the same, but I, I thought it looked as though he was he was being hit quite often um, with quite a direct yeah. pass in defeat and in his chest. And it's some of his hold up play was absolutely outstanding. You know, he's he's holding he's holding holding these huge centre halves off because like he is strong as an ox, but he's not tall. He's winning balls in the air. He's bringing it down. He's flicking it around the corner to Fabinho. There's guys running off him. And it looked to me like a a, a, a different sort of role or a slightly different or maybe additional responsibility he had there. Did you see anything in that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we all agreed Manny is absolutely fucking brilliant, isn't he? He really, he really is. He's something else. But no, I, I thought it was noticeable that we... And, and it could have been because, you know, Salah just wasn't 100% right at the, you know, for the Everton game and he didn't feature. So maybe it was a ploy of Klopp to say, look, we've got Mo, but let's use, let's use him when we, when we have to. Let's, let's go with Sadio. Um, I just think there's some games as well where a player just is, it's just up for it and you get the ball to them early on and it's clear that they're in the mood and, you know, right on it. It's from the first ball that, that, that he went for. You know, he was really, really sharp and he, he looked like he wanted it and he was twisting and turning and he was whipping crosses in on his left foot where you see him do that thing where it looks like he has nowhere left to go and then he somehow manages to find half a yard. And I just think he was, he was in the mood, but, but, but you're right. I mean, there was some of his, some of his hold-up play was sensational. You know, he really was strong, and he was—he—he—he he, he, he looked a bit. It was a—it was a bit different from what you'd see him. You know, he was picking it up centrally, and and he was doing things. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's, I suppose it's a thing with all those the front players. I guess you know, we're not going to talk about it about it tonight. But you know, as teams try to counteract us and find ways to play against us and you know I'm sure you will see with Klopp he'll innovate and the guys will try different roles and things like that but no I think I I just think he was brilliant on the night you know Manny was absolutely brilliant I mean I know Fabinho goal goal and assist probably gets it but Manny was he scored a a beautiful goal himself he was electric you know Um, and and they did seem to go to him whether or not that becomes a trend now moving forward um, I guess we'll see we'll we'll see soon enough I'd imagine but uh, I would say he was absolutely outstanding yeah sorry it's 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 just they're just it's just top they're top performances all around see crazy crazy start there since you know the this this is the this is this the news since football was invented in 1992 is the since um optostats were invented in 2008 um that's the first time apparently in the premier league the opposition has never had a touch in the opposing team's half and you know it was nearly epitomized by the fact that you know IU fouls fouls van dyke in the edge of the box for the goal I'd love to see 
Gomez's and Van Dijk's average position in that game because it must be 10 yards inside Palace's half. It's absolutely crazy. We're playing a game of football in, you know, less than a half of the pitch. And the one time I think Palace actually allow us to break and they actually step up as a unit into our half, bam, three or four passes between the front three and what a ball from Salah with his right foot first time. And Mane tucks it home. And that's, again, just a warning that there's just no real way to defend against this side. Dave, I'll just clarify. They didn't have a touch in our half. I think it was our penalty area. No, sorry. Yes, our penalty. (laughs) Do you know what? It it wouldn't surprise me if somebody said they never touched the ball in our half in the second half. But, (laughs) But, yeah, it was penalty area. Yeah, it was in the box. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, that's what having a spine of Alisson, Van Dijk, Gomez, Fabinho allows you to do. It allows you to play that high. And that's what we're trying to do is, is condense uh, the play into as small a space as possible, as high up the pitch as we can. And if we keep keep that particular spine fit and together as much as possible, I mean, it's, it's formidable. Um, and as you rightly say, there is no, there is no way to defend against this team um, throughout the season. During the course of it, we've uh, been behind in games. We've uh, had to, 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 to dig out winners or, or dig out even two goals in, in the final five, final ten minutes of games in Champions League runs. We've had to come from three goals down. Um, we've done, you know, we've, we've suffered adversity. At the same time, we've, we've, we've coasted to victory and, and, and battered teams on occasion. Whatever this it takes, this team can do. Uh, whatever you throw at us, we'll find a way. They find a way to to overcome it, and um, and it's 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 very heartening to see that the the chances are Jurgen Klopp's going to be able to keep this squad together over certainly for the next season um, because there's really no stopping it. There's no telling what it can go on and do next season, and and for once. You know, instead of of being in a position where we've had a, a good run at something and, and fallen away, we've had a great run at something and then come back at it the next year stronger and, and made absolutely certain of it. And, you know, looking at it across the board, whoever wants to take us on next season, would they've got a lot of work to do. So um, It's interesting yeah. because you say that, Chief, and, and it's clear that teams are... You know, that work has started for some teams, particularly the likes of Chelsea. You know, City are making apparently moves at Koulibaly, which, you know, is going to be an a, absurd amount of money for a 29-year-old. But that's just what they do, and that's fine. Um, but, but they're, at the same time, and that, that, that's you're absolutely right, they're, that those moves are, are afoot. But they're all playing catch-up, and they're hoping well, this that is, the, this is the it. big money signings are, are going to hit the ground running, you know? So this is what I was going to say. Chief, there's... Obviously, the, the Werner thing has, has happened and not happened and not happened um, as such. And But you look at this side and, you know, that, that's, that's, your, that's your starting 11. That pretty much what we saw. You can argue Jamie Kaida, you can argue Gomez, Matip, but that's, that's your 11. If you started with those 11 every week, you, you couldn't really argue. Um. And they have shown pretty much all of those players that 
um, they can maintain fitness levels and they can provide availability that lasts well, 90, 85, 90% of the season. Mm-hmm. Aside well, from the goalkeeper being injured, we're probably still in two cup competitions as well. So, you know, next season really isn't that far away if we think about it. Do we really need to go out and do anything significant? Well, I think I think the landscape has, has moved significantly. Um, I think had things been normal and everything be be you know had hadn't been paused and. Uh, the Olympics were still going ahead in in at, at their normal time, and and Afcon was was set up for its its normal time, and Euro twenty twenty had been been happening, and all the rest of it. We certainly would have needed to make moves, but but given that none of that's actually happening, and the players have had a longer break than they've ever had at any point since the war in this country, or in this country in in England. I think that the goalposts have moved. Obviously, there's a financial situation as well, and the club seems to be waiting to see what the market's gonna gonna settle at and what's gonna look like. And there'll be people who have their opinions on that, um, whether it's wise or whether it's not. But what what has to be be remembered is that the things have changed, and now it looks like you, you you're not gonna lose Mo Salah to the Olympics, and you're potentially not gonna lose Mane and Salah to. Afcon and oh and and potentially Matip and Kaita and and so on. Um, you've had the chance to get all of those players back fit who were out injured before, and they've had time to get back into training and get back into the squad. Everyone's had a rest, so no is 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 the short answer to that. We don't need to to go out and invest massively. If there are deals to be done, great, but. The situation has changed, and and we now have a fully fit, fully available uh, squad for the next season. It looks like so. And I'll draw your own conclusions. I don't know what 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 you think, Johnny, on that one. But for me, it's 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 a different a different landscape, a different outlook at the moment. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Echo all that. Um, you're completely right. And if there's one thing. FSGR, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're conservative and they're pragmatic when it comes to the market. And <clears throat> I think you've seen that with the Werner deal. I mean, everything points to the fact that we would have signed him if things were normal in the world. Werner would have been a Liverpool player and, and probably, let's be honest, a really good addition. You know, a, a player you could sort of build into the future and the front three, you know, and give them a lot of And I think that's the, I think that's really pertinent, Johnny. I think I think although as good a player he is now, he really he really is a sign for the future. Yeah, absolutely. He would have been. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, sometimes we think a sign for the future, like Harvey Elliott's a sign for the future. Don't get uh, I think Werner is ready now in that you could play him in our front three and he wouldn't look out of place at all. But, we, you know, he, he wouldn't be... I think if, if Liverpool were in a Champions League final and everyone was fit, I don't think Tino Werner would have started. You know, as funny as that sounds, just because, you know, the options, that you know, you know the quality of the front three we have. I mean, we've got the best front three in the world. It's That's not an exaggeration. I think that's universally accepted that the uh, three lads we have are the best in the world. So... I think Werner, yeah, Neil's completely right. You know, it's no, normal circumstances. If there wasn't a global pandemic, if teams 
weren't losing. I mean, that's you know, if Liverpool could be losing anything from a hundred, hundred twenty million. This goes on for a year, lost revenue, and we're not a club with a sugar daddy, and not, we're no, it's not oil money. Liverpool are a self-sufficient, well-run, properly run football club. So, um, money, you know, with Liverpool could potentially be asking some of the top earners to take a pay cut. How do you do? How do you do that? How do you? How do you tell Virgil Van Dijk, Salah, Allison that you've got to take a, a pay cut? But by the way. We're bringing in Timo Werner for 170, 180 grand a week. Um, it just was Islamic, but, but, it, but so the landscape's changed. But I also echo Dave what you said when you were posing the question there, which is, you know, do we really need? And, and the short answer is no. Let's be brutally honest. The team we have is good enough to win the Champions League next season. It's good enough to win the league next season. We know that, obviously. Klopp's not stupid either. He knows football. He knows as well that you can't be complacent. You can't be sitting around, um, you know, never looking, you know, sitting still in that. But I think there's enough there to say, you look, you look at the makeup of the squad, you look at Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, they're probably the ones you go in two to three years. They look like they could really be something else. Then you look at Keda, you look at Minamino, there's a lot more to come from them probably next season. They're two players that have not yet fully. Uh, I think the break will probably have done them no harm. I do think we'll look for an option for that front three. You know, I, I do think there'll be some movement as well, maybe with covered centre back. Uh, you know, I, I don't think midfield wise, apparently Curtis Jones will come up and take Lalana's squad place. That will be. Totally satisfactory, in my opinion. I think we will look to get a front three in. Werner just was the right player at the wrong time. But if you know, there's one thing you've seen with FSG. It's not like <laughs> uh, it's. It seems like the most normal thing to say in the world. But there's there's loads of football players in the world. There's always another option, and I'm sure they'll find it. So I don't expect at all a big summer. I don't think it'll be a big summer globally. I think a lot of teams will. They'll be just cutting their cloth with the new, you know, the new, the new normal, as they say, until things get back to normal. Um, but I think we'll, I, I think we'll do something, but it'll be something creative and it won't be <laughs> a 100 million pound footballer. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting point you make, Tony, that there's always, there's always another footballer and there are a number of players in that squad that are that other footballer. You know, that that weren't the first choice, that maybe weren't even the second choice, and that was the likes of Wijnaldum, an opportunistic buy because Newcastle look at relegated and different bits and pieces like that. Shakiri, you know these these signings, they're not always, although they although they look so shiny and wonderful now. This isn't really what the team could have looked like if everybody had got the first pick of what they wanted. You know, I, I know we have this endless thing where, especially if you're on social media with Twitter, where, you know, you've got people on crying about Werner and crying about the finances, but, you know, and they're, they'll, they'll always stick to this. There's no change in their mind, but let, you know, let's, let's, let's cut to the chase here. The same people that were literally cry arson last summer. There were people that cry arsed all last summer. And if you'd said that you trusted Klopp, 
And don't get me wrong, if it was Roy Hodgson or someone else doing it, I could understand it. But when when Klopp decided last summer that he liked the fact that it had a team that had won the Champions League and had got 97 points and were probably denied the league by millimetres, Jurgen Klopp made a call in the summer that I don't want to accept. The, I, I don't want to rock the balance of this team. I don't want to change it. And there were people questioning Jurgen Klopp. And, you know, and there are people that know football that, that were questioning Jurgen Klopp and were cry arsing and whining about transfers. And some of us were saying to them, you know, we've just won the European Cup and got 97 points. He probably knows what he's doing. Um, we've, we're probably going to have the best league season in our history. And this is Liverpool we're talking about. We're not talking about, um, you know, we're not talking about some, some fucking club with not much history here. Um, we're probably going to have the greatest league season in our history, the most dominant league season of all time. So, you know, I think that proves that Klopp knew, <laughs> knew what he was doing. So I think some people might have to take a chill pill. There are some people that will, will still be saying, we have piles of money. Where's the night money? Blah, blah, blah. But I think it'll be a pragmatic. And you're dead right, Dave. Listen, there are players in that squad. We have only seen not even 10% of what Keita and Minamino, in my opinion, can, can offer a club team. So it's very exciting. And, and listen, I think we will buy. I think we will do things. But, you know, we're not going to be buying 100 million pound footballers. And if anyone, frankly, is disappointed in saying, you know, that that's, that's a bad thing, um, or that that's going to hold us back, well, if not really been paying attention, I'll be my opinion. Yeah, it's funny. Um, fans, Liverpool fans, pride themselves on on being able to be be different and do things do things the right way. And when we can't go out and do things the way the teams that do things the wrong way do them, then that for some reason isn't good enough, which I find utterly bizarre. But anyway, well, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not. Altogether uncommon that phenomenon, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, looking over them, and and to be fair, you know, Timo Werner is going to be a, a good addition to Chelsea, and you know, they're building a, a very interesting and very potentially uh, good young strike force there. They've got Tammy Abraham, they've got Pulisic, they've got now uh, Werner coming in, and Sayak as well. Yeah, Zayic. has got a lot of players at that end of the pitch. Hobbs and Adoy. So, so you know, there, there, there is there is something to be said about the fact that you can't stand still. Uh, no matter what the situation might be, you've got to be making moves. And, and like Johnny says, I'm sure we will be. And, and Jurgen Klopp's fully aware of that as well. But um, and, and the team around him are too. But what's key, I think, for him at the moment and what he's gone on record as saying is so important for him. What he never had at Dortmund is the ability to keep a winning team together because there every single season, his best players were cherry picked away from, from Perisic at the beginning to, to good to, to Lewandowski in the end, they were always taken away from him and, and they inevitably moved to, to well, Perisic didn't, but the other two moved to Bayern Munich. Um, so direct rivals at the time. And, you know, with somebody who's such such a good motivator, someone who's such a good man manager, someone who's such a good leader, as it's transpired, I mean, there's the the, the comments um, of praise flow 
for Jurgen Klopp from, from pretty much everyone's lips. So you know, it's not just uh, not 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 just Liverpool fans. You know, people from all walks of life. You know, regard him as a as what he is. A very, very good leader, a very charismatic uh, guy, but someone who's who's honest and and can bring everybody along with him. And for someone like that to be able to keep a team of this quality that he's already instilled that ethos in together for for the best parts of their careers, and he gave an interview to to Bill uh, in German today, which I watched with my wife earlier, and. And that's really what he's talking about. That's what he focused most of his most of his um, responses on on the fact that he actually now has has the ability to keep them together for the first time in his career, and that they're all at the perfect age. Pretty much the core, the nucleus of the squad is is twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, and they've all got two, three, four seasons left in them. I mean, and he's absolutely purring about this. So, so I think we're in a really, really strong position, and I think bizarrely this. This kind of, although it may have helped everyone in a way, given the break and whatever, it certainly certainly helped us. These these conditions, the chance to get everyone back fit, the chance to give them all a break, and I think that's just kind of altered thinking a little bit. Given, as I mentioned earlier, the availability that's going to come next year, uh, which we, we weren't well, we, we weren't going to have before this. Um, but I agree with Johnny. We'll, we'll make some moves, but they'll be um, they'll be more creative. They'll be less obvious and. You know something else he said today because he was asked specifically about uh, Jordan Jaden Sancho. Sorry, would he? Can he? The question was, can can Dortmund fans rest easy that that Jaden Sancho won't be a Liverpool player next season? And he obviously talked up Jaden Sancho and said how how what a good player he was, but he would be the most surprised uh, of anyone if he joined this summer or if any kind of transfer was made by Liverpool like that this summer. So I don't think we're going to see big moves. Yeah, it's funny. We're conditioned to read between the lines and try and dissect the bullshit with football managers. But with Klopp, that's just not the case because when he feeds the press lines, it's always genuine. It's always transparent. Um, and you really, need, if you haven't already, you really need to start taking that stuff at face value. Yeah, we've been conditioned, obviously, to, as you say, to read between the lines. And, and you know, Rafa Benitez is famous saying football is a lie, or most of football is a lie, you know. And um, But with Jürgen, what's, what's funny is, from the beginning, we, people have always tried to second guess. And, and then on deadline day, when nothing's happening, and you're going, yeah, and he's going, it's crickets outside Anfield. You know, no. <laughs> people going. I can't believe we didn't sign anybody. We're like, and he's going, he fucking well, yeah. sat there and told you that for I three months. Told you, <laughs> he told you every week for three months we weren't signing anybody, and this is the shock to you. This has happened. Yeah. So, so whatever does happen this summer, I think we can, we can take it face value. Nothing major is likely to happen, and and of course we will make the right moves. But what is better for us? is the fact that we can keep this fabulous set of players together. So we've got Jay Reid has just uh, just joined us. Um, Jay, you must be as delighted as everybody at the minute. Yeah, I it, it's, uh, it's just not not fully sunk in, but I think I, I'm probably with most people in saying like, it probably won't until we see the Hendo shuffle and that's when it'll sink in. Like, it, 
it's starting to get that little buzz around the place and like around the city you see a lot more a lot more flags are starting to appear every day and mine are yet to go up but they are going to go up in the next day or two um it i don't know i i wanted to be on the pitch and i wanted to be right and say it was won at city but we won it the game before due to city but uh yeah it it, it it's a surreal feeling i think because i've not felt this feeling before i thought we've won trophies and have been there and I think because it's not because of the situation when you're not like around you may be your friends you go to the game with or you're not in the ground it's sort of like it's took the shine off it a little bit but I think when we do lift the trophy I will be with a couple of people who I go to the game with and we it will feel a little bit extra special then and hopefully in a month's time all being well that we can maybe socialise with a few more people and have a bit more of a celebration. Yeah, there's not really been, a, there wasn't really a definitive definitive moment for us on the pitch to celebrate it, or, or even now because of what's happened, a definitive moment where we can all gather with the people that we would, you know, go and watch the game with and that football supporting community that you have to go out and, and celebrate it as a group. So it's all a little bit... Um, it still feels it's it still feels like it's there's a little bit to go with this and I'm kind of buying into that. Um, I'm kind of buying into that I can just let this celebration be a slow burn for the meantime and kind of sit back smugly. Um, but it is one, you know, mathematically it is done. But I think we all knew that it was done some time ago. But you know, Johnny, for you. Was there a was there a game or a moment during the season where you just decided that you know n- there was no convincing you otherwise that Liverpool weren't going to win the league? Yeah, it was Leicester at Christmas, very very clearly. I mean, I, I was at home. I was I was I was I was home for Christmas and we were out and the bars were packed and there was loads and loads of Liverpool. I, I was one of the like. We, I, I'm from a, t- a town, Buncrana, in County Donegal, and there's, like any, I suppose, Irish town, um, there's massive contingents there that support Liverpool, Man United, and Celtic. And that time of year, it was just absolutely bunged, and there was a real buzz around that game. And I was, I was meeting mates who I hadn't, you know, hadn't seen in months because it was it was Christmas and. There was a wee bit of nervousness around that game. I mean, we'd, we'd won the World Club Championship and we were, you know, we were on a high, but there was this feeling that, you know, Leicester, you remember the hype around them at the time, um, with Rogers, you know, they were, they were doing, they were doing really well. We were, you know, would we be tired? Maybe not quite at it. Um, you know, having to, having to go there, big, big game was, the, it was the, the Amazon game that evening. It was, you know, it was the last game of the day. And, and I just remember about in the first two minutes, we should have, we could have had a couple of goals. We, we were just so on it from the first minute or two. And I just remember even after five minutes, I was just laughing to myself. And uh, there was a United fan beside me and he's a real bitter United fan. And he absolutely despises. Liverpool, and he just turned to me and said, "You guys, you guys are gonna fucking hammer these boys." <laughs> you know, it was so inevitable, and it was. You know, I think it was Firmino. Uh, Firmino scored, and then Milner got a penalty, and then Firmino again, and then Trenton. 
ab- it was just a demolition. It was an absolute demolition, and it was, you know, I think it was a lot of stuff put to bed. You know, there's still some word about oh, get, we, we're way a bit harsh with Rogers, and you know, look at the great job he's doing there, and and you know, the, they had pretensions maybe of trying to you know stay in touch with us if they'd have won that game, and it was. It was just I think in true Brendan, I think in true Brendan style, Johnny, you'd call that delusions of grandeur. I think it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't have the. I don't blame. <laughs> I don't want to start talking about Rogers, but I never blamed him. I mean, some people absurdly tried to say, "Oh, Rogers was his arrogance cost us a league," and I was like, "What a fucking nonsense statement that was." We came from nowhere. He. Yes, Suarez was was a genius, but but he got the best out of him. So I, I would never, you know, he wasn't the right man. He wasn't going to bring us, the, you know, he was too arrogant. He it, he didn't give the control to people, and I think that's where Klopp's greatest secret is. You know, despite his genius as a coach and his ideas and his innovation, he he always delegates. And I think that was the difference. Klopp put faith in the people around him, whereas Rogers fought with them. And, you know, he wanted Lovren, he wanted Benteke and stuff like that. But but just getting away from that and back to the point, that was the game. You know, we dominated them. It was 4-0. Absolutely wiped the floor. And I never felt, and I said after that game, it was funny because people who know me and know how, how big I'm into Liverpool, United fans were coming up after that game, I remember, and just shaking my hand and saying, well, fair play to you. You, you know you're going to win it. And I was like, and I, normally I go, oh, no, 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 long way to go. But I didn't. I remember that night. I was like, yeah, no. I know we're going to win it. Thanks. <laughs> and I remember just shaking their hands on them. And that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. And I knew from then, and maybe some people felt it earlier, but that was the night where I was like, dumb. I felt it was dumb. Dumb that night. Yeah, it was, that was one of those, sta- it was certainly one of those standout performances and statement performances. And we'd been threatening to do that to Leicester. The previous few times we played them, um, and they'd managed to make it look far closer than it was. But that night, it just all came together for us. Chief, was there some other point when you just decided that there was just no looking back? I mean, I have to say that if I had to pick a game, I would have picked the same the same game at the same point because we've, uh, as Johnny said, they 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 had semi pretensions of staying with with us in City and. To be honest, we were we were a long way ahead of them both at the time, but they were still calling it a three horse race, and and you know as reasons Johnny said, we we completely put that idea to bed. But but to go on one from that, I would say the next game that we played was in the Premier League was was at Wolves, uh, or maybe actually was it at home to Wolves? It was possibly at Anfield. Let me just double check that. Uh, it, it was away. It was away. Yeah, it was at it was at yeah. Wolves. And um, and that was a proper fucking grind. Wolves played really, really well, and they had good chances. They created a few, and Allison made some some top saves. And Bobby Firmino, Bobby Firmino came up with a winner that it, at one point we, you know, at one point I was beginning to think, okay, this is going to be the draw because we hadn't drawn in ages. We'd just been winning games and winning games. I think we'd only had one draw at that point. Uh, and that was at Old Trafford, and and I thought, okay, is this going to be the game we're going to drop points in? And we still, after being battered, managed to come up with a winner. And I just went, well, you just can't beat this team. You just can't stop this team. And I suppose. Do you know what, Chief? Can I can I, 
Can I just interject for a second there? Do you know where I was that night? I was in the waterfront hall for an audience with Kenny Dalglish that night. <laughs> and I remember Kelly Cates was apologizing to Kenny every so often and having to announce a goal. <laughs> and the place went feckin' mad when, <laughs> when she said Firmino scored. <laughs> and it's, yeah. That, that that was a big one. Sorry, yeah. I just had to say that. <laughs> no, it's all. And what a place to be. What a fitting place to be. I'm sure it was a fucking great event, like. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if to go on on from the last one, just to cement the last one, because again, if you drop points there, then you sort of it takes a shine maybe off the Leicester game, and it just meant we were going to go through Christmas with maximum points again, and. Yeah, at that point, I think we were well clear of City as well because they'd they'd felt the pressure and dropped off. So, um, so yeah, I'd go with that. Yes, that was that was uh, not wasn't the most enjoyable game to watch. Um, it was a grind, a real grind. Yeah, I mean, it was really hard, and I think I don't think the conditions were great. I think it was evening at Molyneux, and it was well, dark, it was and it was. was it was um it was what the last game of 2019, so I think it was maybe even New Year's Eve. Can I just interrupt you there? Hey, Go ahead. You went about the Molyneux game because that was the end of January. I've just checked. We did play Wolves at home after Leicester, and that was the one where Nesso was offside by his back heel. And oh, we won sorry. I've, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I've so I don't stuff. do a do a both side games, but. I was going to say, because I remember the one definitely was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Chief, carry on. It was me. I've just had a little quick no, look back at all. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was for me, that was just like absolute, absolute grit. You know, you're, you're just, I think Wolves are probably, I think that probably was the most difficult game. They've been probably our most difficult opponent, home and away, this season, I would venture, um, because we've, we've dispatched City. Quite comfortably already at, uh, at, at the first time we played them this season at, at Anfield, and you know now going there the next time, you know having won the league, you'd, you'd probably fancy us. And Leicester, we've talked about our, our team number three, and uh, we've dispatched them a couple of times already this season. Chelsea gave us give us a tough time, but personally, I'd say Wolves were were our toughest opponent, and you just knew at that point that there was just there was no way there was there was no team that was going to going to really trouble us and take points of us and in the end what we lost to Norwich somehow <laughs> Watford <laughs> oh Watford sorry team that plays in yellow I know they've, do you know do you know they you know they've lost they've lost 9 out of 10 games 9 out of the last 10 games they've lost and their only win was against us. Not absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they battered us. Everything. Oh, they absolutely hammered us. They hammered yeah. us. Oh my god. So Jay, um, we, you know, that's that's in and around Christmas and the New Year. Um, we're talking there. Were you a bit more, a bit more reluctant, a bit, a bit more reserved, um, or maybe superstitious, if you like? No, I think. I'm going to go with the moment that 49, 50, whatever thousand fans all in unison decided that it was the moment. And that was 2-0 up against United when Salah went through and then Alisson slides on his knees after sprinting 80 yards and overtaking everybody else. That game against United where I think the fact that it was Man United and we had gone through the Christmas period, we'd done so well and we had opened up the gap 
on City then, and I we as we've said we dismissed Leicester at that point. Um, that that was the moment then that everyone who probably had fought it in the back of the mind just burst out into song that we're going to win the league. And I can remember coming out of the ground that day and like being like shaken because it was like it this is this is it now this is real it's going to happen we know like nothing's going to stop us if anything like it's a case of how many points are we going to do it by and as we've seen as it's gone on it's just getting more and more and more and I don't know if that was the the time I'd called it that we'd win at the Etihad I think it was before Christmas I'd called we were going to win at the Etihad and like all signs pointed that we were going to because we all expected City to not lose to Chelsea last week but as it turned out they did and it was just that that moment. I don't think I felt that at a at a Premier League game for a long time, unless it was possibly like the, the couple of games we've had with City, and we know they're the deciding games in the in the league season. But other than European nights, that moment in the crowd where everyone was just singing, "We're going to win the league," and it you just knew then that was it. Like there was nothing, nothing that was going to stop us. Yeah, it was. Um... That was that was another performance that day. I think you know. I think I would recommend that anybody goes goes back and watches maybe the fifteen, the first fifteen minutes of the second half in that game. Oh, we were we honestly we destroyed them. I, I've never ever seen a team dominate another side like that ever. Um, if somebody was, had said to you, "Who is the team that Liverpool are facing that day?" without like saying who I like, the badge on the shares, you would have said they were they were a lower league team. Because yeah, we were that dominant. Yeah, but I, I I watched this that day, Jay, and it was just you you know club club uses the term sometimes to stay angry. You know, we <laughs> want to stay angry and be angry in the right moments. We looked like rabid dogs at that point. Like absolutely uncontrollable rabid dogs that was just tearing a rabbit apart. It was, I don't know. Um, it, but I, yeah, you can understand, yeah. you can understand, especially with the, the last minute goal, it just seems it because you should be, you should be out of sight. You should be out of sight in that game with the, the two disallowed goals, I think. Um, and we should have had a penalty, I think as well that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but a goal, a goal right before the end, it just sends you out of the ground, absolutely bouncing. And I think even a, a last minute winner is great, but there's a certain amount of anxiety with that. I think a, a last minute goal to cement a victory, 2-0 or 3-1 or something, you know, that's what sends you out of the ground, absolutely bouncing. Um, I think it'll I, come from their free kick or corner as well. So like, there was a moment of probably about 15 seconds from them pumping the ball into our box and I think Maguire and Van Dijk went up for the ball and it ends up in Alisson's hands and then 15 seconds later Alisson's on his knees sliding towards Salah like just an unreal amount of time like just compact into one and the emotions you've gone through like the anxiety of oh we, we could like not that you think we're ever going to throw things away now because we are so good at the back but you think it's United, there's always that seed of doubt in your mind where you think they might just nick something because they have so many times. And then to just the sheer excitement and jubilation of you've sealed the win and that's it, it's over and you, you know what's going to happen afterwards. 
yeah, what a performance, what a team. Um, so yeah, I think um, honourable mentions for for City at home, another great performance where I think we just showed that we were just so much better than them. Um, and Villa is always a good one where you just looked at that result after two last minute goals, one nil down, and and just thought as 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 chief as you you said after the Wolves game. There's just no way to beat this team. There's no way to get anything out of this team. It doesn't matter if you're winning with zero minutes to go. So well, that's it. There are seminal moments, and and Villa, the Villa game comes really early, but it's a it's a real defining moment. It's 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 a, a mark of that of this team and and how they went on to play the rest of the season. Um, so you feel a bit a bit bad for Villa given how it's it's ended up for them and, and whatever, but. At the end of the day, there's no room for sentiment in the game, and you know a different result there at such an early stage. Who knows? Um, but you know our start to the season was was what has allowed us. It seems obvious to say, but to go on and build a amass the points total that we have, and you know not having any stumbling blocks for or any slip ups for the first however many games, and and just being able to go on and consistently rack up the three points no matter what um, yeah I mean it's bound to just instill you with more and more confidence isn't it and so it's proved <clears throat> yeah so champions it's champions we are um, it's official it's mathematically um, confirmed um, after all this time after all those moments and um, Johnny it's it's kind of poetic now that we're we're rocking up to the Etihad um, to literally just grab the crown off them it's just like right we've won it we're two lads let's head down the road and take what's ours so we're heading down there on Thursday night and um, Guard of Honour don't really care I think it's just funny um, but more importantly and I think that this is important to you we've won the league but you really do want to go out there and you want to, you want to show, you want to show why, you want to show why you're champions, you know, you want to go out there and you want to dominate the supposed second best team in the league and come away with a result and a performance that everybody sits back and just accepts that we are far and away the best team in the league. Yeah, I think it's, we don't even have to go there and grab it. We just have to go there and say, have you got it here, lads? Just hand it over now. Um, we don't have to grab it. They just have to give it to us. It's been that, it's been that kind of season. Um, yeah, we, I, I mean, I get the sentiment, but as soon as said it, didn't they, after the game, they were asking Sinus after the Palace game, what would you want to happen? Sinus being Sinus, who, a man who loved, uh, <laughs> He never shied away from confrontation. Let's just say he he was very much. Oh no, I'd rather win it there. I'd rather have to go there and win it. And I get that. Like Sinus would have reveled in that. But for me, it was kind of it's kind of the story of the season, though the way we won it. I think I, I like it in a way the way we won it because the story of the season's been that. And I know Dave, you've said this all through the season is they've dropped points basically every three games. <laughs> if you look back on it, the reason the gap is so big is they've dropped shitloads of points on average one in three games. And it sort of summed it up that the way it was won in the end was we went out again and did the business and they couldn't match it. 
And and that's been the story of the season. That's that's how it ended. That's that's how it went. Um from August till till June <laughs> because of everything that's gone on. So I mean for me, I yeah, listen, I, I really I'm maybe in a bit of a, a camp with with some people that would didn't agree with this. I would have loved an unbeaten season, but to me an unbeaten season if you'd ask me, would you rather have an unbeaten league season or, or break Man City's 100 points? I would say I'd rather break 100 points because to me it's a it's a bigger achievement. I I don't think winning 26 games out of uh, 38 and drawn 12, drawn 12 games, nearly drawn every third game you play. I just don't think that parallels with with beating 100 points. So I really want to beat. 100 points. We're on course to beat 100 points. And this will be a real test. You know, City are proud. You know, they've, they've lost eight games. Um, which by the way, I think is funny because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't like Liverpool try to discredit the, the Premier League and say, especially <laughs> Man United fans say, Oh, it's not the, you know, it's not the league it was when Fergie was in his pomp and we used to have. Chelsea and Arsenal around, and but I'm looking at it and going, Man City's the favourites for the Champions League, and they've lost eight games, so it's maybe not, <laughs> it's maybe not that bad a league, um, but uh, but I I really want to I really want to beat the hundred points, and it would be really nice to beat them. Don't get me wrong, it'd be lovely to beat them, and I think if if we're on our A game and our defence is on it and our and our midfield's on it. Um, I think our forward line will win it. It's like every other, it's like every other game with City. You know, you know they're gonna. What's the words a lot of these managers use these days? Klopp says it. Ancelotti would say it. You know, there will be times in the game where we will suffer because Man City are brilliant. You know, they've got brilliant, brilliant players. They'll make you suffer. But I think if if we're on it and we're 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 sharp and we're um we're we're getting things right defensively in a midfield. I think our forward line, as you've seen against Chelsea, Dave, you know, you, they are vulnerable. It's been the story of their season, and if any team have the forward line, they do. Really looking forward to it, actually, without the nerves. It'll be, it'll just be really nice. Um, and it'd be lovely to go and beat them convincingly. <laughs> be lovely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think one of the game there last season, um, that, you know, the, the, the 13 millimeter game, and it's one of the best games of football I've ever seen. And, you know, I, I hope that we see something see something similar similar this time. Chief, um, the, you know, there's a formula to beat City. Um, we know it. Wolves know it. Chelsea look like they know it. They're, they're, it's not a complicated formula. It's be really good at defending and be really exploitive on the counter with your pace and maybe if you can counter press and, and win the ball in a, in a difficult area for them, you can you can hurt them, and and so it's proved proved all season. And they don't have the players at the back. Um, and it's funny that Guardiola always comes up with something strange and something a little bit different for these games. He tries to figure out a new way because the previous way hasn't worked, and you've got to you've got to admire him for that, um, as opposed to just doing the the old allergy chain way and just throwing the same shit out every week and hoping that one of these days you're going to win. Um, but do you expect us just to go as we were 
uh, Champions League final eleven um, from the Palace game. Yep. Uh, to, to, to give a short answer, I do think we will. I think that's his that's his his team, and that I've had eight days eight days break, and I think. Echoing what Johnny said, I think they'll want to win. They'll want to win the game. They'll want to put a marker down. They'll want to show the world that they're better than City um, and they can beat them home and away. And they'll want to uh, also go on in on what Johnny said. They'll want to beat City's 100-point mark because whether we go unbeaten or not, unless we were beating the 100-points mark, it wouldn't have mattered uh, if we were unbeaten because there's already been an Invincibles. So we would have been the Invincibles too, which is a bit shit. And, um, we still, you know, if we'd have got 99 points and done it well, we wouldn't have been the, we'd, we'd have been the second highest scoring team in, in Premier League history, you know. So beating 100, 100 points or 101 points or whatever, whatever it was is, is, is going to be a big target for them because that is a record that is unlikely to be beaten. Um, in a hurry, let's put it like that. Let's, let's just say, uh, of course, it, anything can happen, but no, nobody thought City's 100 point record would be challenged that quickly. But say the Reds were to record 107 or 104 points, well, it, it's some going to match that, uh, or beat that at any point. So I think that'll be a thing. More importantly, the, the rivalry between us and them, the, the fact that it is clearly such a, a two horse race. Uh, so I think he'll play the, the strongest 11. I think they'll want to win. And I think when you look at City and the players that they, well, first of all, the way they're playing. Secondly, what's happened, i.e. they've lost the league in a demoralizing way. Uh, they've blown it. They haven't even made us win it. And they know that. Uh, and then they're going into the game without, without stalwarts like, like Fernandinho and Aguero. Um, you really, and, and, and somebody like Sterling, who's normally a very, very, one of their top players always has a stinker against us and they have the mentality issue. And then there's Guardiola's issue with, with Klopp and, you know, him, him allowing, um, Klopp to basically live in his head, quote unquote. Um, so you've got to, you've got to be looking at that and thinking, yeah, it's, it's there for us. Um, like you say, last year was 11 millimeters and then the width of the post. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Zane starts against us or plays against us. Um, but, you know, I'm very, very confident that, uh, this team will want to and will go out and, and, and win there. And yes, I do think it will be the full, full strength Champions League 11. Okay. Jay, it's, you know, you could say what you want about City that they've, they've had a less than satisfactory season by their high, high standards and, and they are missing some players, but they've, they've still got match winners all over the pitch. And for, for anybody to think that, we're going to go there no matter who they're missing. Um, hasn't been watching football um, because, again, it's not a place to be taken lightly, um, especially the last couple of seasons. Um, it used to be a place we used to be able to go and get a result fairly consistently. But, you know, we've lost last year and I think the year before we lost pretty fucking heavily, didn't we? Um so well, there was the there was the money. That was the money on Edison. Yeah, yeah. There was, there were, yeah. Which I take out. Were, I don't. Yeah, I don't take it. That. You, can, you, you take it out if you want, mate. But it's 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 down there in the books, you know. Um, it was five one, and we did we we fell apart that day. Yeah, I think the year before we go there and battle them four one. So I mean, it's 
It's, yeah. it's turn about, and then we do them in the in the in the Champions League, don't we? At their gaff, we humiliate them. So, I mean, I think it's been up and down, but that's really the only one where they've had a, a serious upper hand. Yeah, um, but it, it, it's it's not necessarily uh, a place that was as kind as it used to be to us. And you know, like I said, they've got match winners all over the pitch, um, so. You know, you do have to be at your best to beat this side, but you know, I think the last the last fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes of the Palace game, Jay, it, it really just epitomised this side, and it makes you the the way they're still hunting the ball down, just makes you know that regardless of the league title being won, they're going to go out there and they're going to play like it's like it's a Champions League final. I was just about to say that this is now. I think we've got two cup finals left in terms of how we would approach it as a team. And I'd say that's the game against City and the home game against Chelsea where we are going to get the trophy. I think those two games now will probably be bookmarked as the big games left in our season because obviously the the City game, it it speaks for itself. And the Chelsea game is the one where we are going to be crowned champions. We are going to get the trophy. So I think the, the lads will want to put on a show for that. And I think the rest will just look after itself. And that's when we'll probably see the squad being rotated. But we will more than likely see what, what we do see as Klopp's go-to 11 as Champions League final 11, as you've said. And I think we we are in City's heads. And they are, I think they might actually surprise us in terms of who they do select. Looking at their game yesterday, they played what normally would be nine out of their starting 11 they only left out Edison and it arguably could have been Rodri or Fernandinho that's it for Gundogan in the middle it just depends on what system Guardiola wants to play but other than that they also played a very strong team against Chelsea so that's two games they've had in the space of four days that we've not had to play and I think that might be in the back of Guardiola's mind the league's gone he might go up there with a little bit of pride of yeah well you know, it's gone, but what can we do about it? We can maybe give them a game, but it ain't going to change the end result. They aren't going to delay us being crowned champions. They're in with the shout, obviously, if the Champions League should it ever resume, we will we will see. But the FA Cup, I would say, is probably nailed on to be theirs with what's left in that competition. Maybe Chelsea could challenge them, but I think on a one-off occasion, City would probably beat them. Um I just don't see any other way than we come away from there with three points because we're going in fresh, we're going in on a high. I just can't see Guardiola riling them up enough to come out with an aggression and a fight to try and stop us. And I think Klopp will also get into our players like this is your moment now. You've you've done everything right all season. Go and show the world what what you can do. Not that people need to see that we can what we can do, but. I think we'll just go out there with an absolute swagger, our chest pumped out, and it, it's. I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but I, I think we will probably put on a good performance and and beat them handsomely. And just going on back to like what records we can break this season, I think there's multiple, such as like the amount of wins there we can we can go the whole season potentially winning every home game. We can rack up the most amount of points. <laughs> I think the, the the two games is Chelsea at home and, and Man City and I don't see us dropping points 
especially at home to Chelsea. I, I genuinely think we, we could go the best of the season and win every game. Well, um, let's hope so. We still have to go to the Emirates, don't we? Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna, no, they're an no, absolute no, no, no. shit show. I know, but that's what I mean. I'm going to really, really bookmark that one. I'm going to have a load of fun watching that, I think. Um, oh, that'll be, that'll be comedy just for the... Yeah. I was I was listening to something the other day and he said, like, it would be lovely if the fans were actually there at the end. It's just to see how far they've fallen. I, this, <laughs> this, this Guard of Honor thing, it's up to your personal opinion on whether you see it as a, a thing or not, like, but to show like how far they've fallen. They're 15 years without a title. They're halfway to what we was. And can you honestly say in the next, what, five to seven years that they're going to be back up there? Because I don't think they will. And just for their fans, like they've got one hell of a fan base in terms of social media angriness. <laughs> like, they were getting excited the other day of scoring a goal against the mid-table team. I can't remember who it was now because they're not irrelevant anymore. But, like they would be so angry just having to stand there, even if there was fans, it'd be lovely just to applaud us out, and it would just anger them so much. And I think that that's just the one little thing that I'm, like just them not having fans there. But I think next season, like just looking slightly ahead, that that now puts puts a marker on the board for the start of next season. I think Liverpool put a video out today, like the ten stages that made us win this league or 10 steps that we could look at and the step one was the last day of last season against Brighton against the was it Brighton at home and somebody at home and we'd lost the league obviously because Man City had won and it was Klopp saying well that's it now we from tomorrow we begin for next season we begin planning and I think that'll be the the thing that Klopp puts down in front of the lads is We've not won it in front of our fans. We owe it to the fans to go again next year and give it to them and give us that moment that we've been denied this year of having that joy of winning there after 30 years with the fans there. I think that'll be the huge motivation for next year. And we could we even get it any better? I don't know. It, it, it's a target to be set, but what we're setting this season is unprecedented. Yeah, it was... Um... It was interesting to hear the language that I heard Jordan Henderson use when he said that, that they could now start winning titles with this side. Um, yeah, not not title, it was titles. Yeah, and and they, you know, this was this was them starting. Um, this wasn't this wasn't the this wasn't the end of the road. This this to them was the start of it. So, um, Jay, thanks for thanks for jumping on and joining us. No problem. Nice um, to speak John, to you fellas again. Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> uh, Johnny, thank you for your um, thank you for your uh, biannual appearance. It was a pleasure as always. <laughs> My Divockery G cameo was complete. I've just I've just side footed it in against Barcelona. Yes. Yeah, well, well played, well played, sir. And Chief, <laughs> um, you can continue your revelries now. Cheers, cheers. Thanks. No, it's been uh, been good cracking. Yeah, unbelievable. Finally, 30 years later, like it's, it's almost been a lifetime. <laughs> but uh, up the fucking uh, up the fucking Premier League champion Reds, eh? Yeah. Um, and that's who's going to City on Thursday night. Um, and that's what we're going to see um, the next time Liverpool take the field. You're going to be watching the league champions. So 
until after we watch the league champions play against Manchester City. Thanks for joining us.